Strictly Sports. I am Jacob Brown, joined here with CJ Yuri. We are back here on NFL Championship Weekend, right smack in the middle of the NHL season. And as the baseball offseason comes to an end, I'd like to, uh, first of all, promote uh, Strictly Baseball. We're doing a series on the, there right now called Rank Em, where we're ranking the top 10 players at each position in Major League Baseball. We did catchers last week. I'm recording first base this week. Make sure you check that out, Rory and I. And uh, at some point, Steve uh, will be part of those, and we've been doing that. Uh, and then after that, we'll be doing season prediction pods. So baseball ramping up, World Baseball Classic coming soon. Uh, we were talking about that in the uh, in the chat today, CJ. But uh, we wanted to focus on hockey first. Um, and all the big media heads, they're talking about football all week. You go on ESPN, you go on FS1. It's all about football, football, football. We'll get to that later. We've got our takes as always, but hockey season's like, it's dramatic right now. I have never seen a season where it is this closely knit, this deep into the season uh, in both conferences. So uh, uh, first of all, wh- wh- what do you think about that? And uh, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, NHL is definitely insanely dramatic right now. There's a lot of teams that are on the bubble, um, especially in the Eastern Conference, trying to chase the likes of Pittsburgh and Washington. Um, It is no fun to be a Panthers fan right now. I don't know. uh, There are so many things that that got changed from from last year uh, from a Panthers perspective, but and it's been really frustrating. I actually, I mean, a lot of Panthers fans would be like frustrated for like some like would be frustrated for me saying this, but like I actually see Maurice's vision. I find that the team does play harder. They just don't have the personnel to play a hardcore, like good defense. And, you know, just, let's just call it responsible defense, right? You have a couple guys that on, on the, on the blue line that are just not allowing us to do that. So Panthers are right there. They're about three or four points out of a playoff spot, but the rest of their games, they only have 12, 12 away games for the rest of the year. So that's insane. Um, it's wow. about 12 games, 12, 12 or 13, something like that. But we were just on basically like an 18 to 17, 19 day stretch where we only had two home games. So um, you're pretty yeah, brutal. I did pun- yeah. I guess that's the punishment of having the all-star game. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. But um yeah, so I mean, like you know, the Rangers are there. I mean, they'll probably they're they're pretty much they'll make the playoffs and unless there's a little bit of a collapse. But the Sabers are right there. Red Wings are, are right below the Panthers as well, and there's just a race going. And then you have out in the West, the Avalanche are are if they if they make the playoffs, they're going to be probably a wild card seed, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, no, I Colorado feels a lot like Tampa in the last few years where. Uh, the regular season doesn't matter. I, I do think that they're not as good of a team. I mean, you look at that bottom six uh, forwards, it's not good. Um, so uh, as for Florida, that was my concern going into the year was that defense and and they got rid of Uyghur. The, the guys that they brought in to replace that, I was kind of like, what's going on here? I mean, trade deadline, they stocked it up with Shabbat and, and Montour. And, and it was actually a really good top six where you had some uh, – a conversation of who you were going to scratch of, of a really good defenseman that you could scratch at this time last season, uh, or not this time a calendar year ago, but at the end of last season uh, with their full roster after the trade deadline. And now it's just like, man, we need multiple defensemen that, that back there. Um, and I think also what's happened to the Panthers a little bit is the young player. First of all, Barkoff, 
with the injuries. I, I think if he was fully healthy for the full season, that they would be – I mean, they're only so slightly out of the playoff right now, and he's missed as much time as he has. So I think any of their transgressions are a little bit – you know, and I know you watch night in and night out, and I see, you know, you're, you're tweeting about it. Uh, you know, you're, you're a little more concerned and maybe than me as an outsider, but I feel like if Barkov's playing the whole year, they're in a playoff spot right now. And, you know, Duclair hasn't been there all season. They got to get him back at some point. And then there's always the deadline. So this isn't the final product. So we'll see. No, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, look, if, if the injuries weren't a thing, I mean, I'm, I'm, if Duke and Barkov played, you know, if Duke played the whole year, Barkov didn't get injured for all those games. Um, I, I would say that they've got three or three to four more wins under their belt, and they're they're in a playoff spot. That's for sure. Um, but the thing is, is that they have been winning games, uh, or, or they have been leading in games in which they just blow it. Yesterday, last night against the Penguins, a must-win game. They're up two zero in the first period, and then give up three straight in the same period. And then you're up five to four late in the third period, and then you give up two goals in a row, and then you ha- and then you have to score the sixth goal to even get it to overtime. It's just the, the defenseman that we have right now, I mean, like, Ekblad is, the, the like, people around the league love Ekblad. Tall defenseman, big dude, big slap shot. But as an actual defender, he is brutal this year. Just absolutely brutal. Constantly losing his man. Mark Stahl is insanely slow. We have something there, like, big time in Brandon Montour, who's having a career year. He's having an amazing year. He is a legitimate first-pair defenseman. He's awesome. Gustav Forsling, amazing player. Genuinely good puck-moving defensemen that skate really well and that are fast. But you have to pair those guys up with defensemen that can stay home and and, and protect the crease and be responsible. And Gudis and Mahura are great. I really like Gudis and Mahura. But, I mean, again, I, you know, the list goes on for the Panthers. They've had a lot of injury issues. It would be a massive letdown for the fan base if they didn't make it into the playoffs. They need to get back on a winning streak. Good thing is most of the games, the rest of the way, like I think seventy five percent of them are at home, so yeah. that would be huge. Yeah. It, also, first of all, I don't even know if we're gonna get into because it, it, it's just so frustrating. Well, actually, we will get into it uh, eventually after we play this uh, this segment here. But uh, the All Star Game roster construction in general is a, is uh, I don't even know what it is. Uh, you have one division. I think it's the Atlantic that doesn't have a defenseman on it. I, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, that's number one. Number two, the Panthers have one representative in their own arena. Um, yeah. Like, teams seem too small for as many players as there are. I mean, you go, and I know it's a video game, but if you go play it on the video game, each conference, you can make four lines and three defensive pairs with two goalies on it. And it works out. And it, you know, the NHL, for because of multiple reasons, I mean, you see a lot of it because guys just back out of actually playing in it um, and, and they don't want to go to the All-Star weekend. You see a lot of that in hockey um, and they don't want to get injured, blah, blah, blah. So I don't, I don't know, it, but not having the Panthers have multiple players in the uh, in the All-Star game is ridiculous. Apparently they're going to be adding like one more player, not, not necessarily from the Panthers, but a lot of people believe it'll be from the Panthers. It will either be Barkov or Montour. Who knows? I, I don't want a great season. He's had a really, yeah, he's had a career year. He's, he's top 10 defenseman in scoring. There's no reason yeah. why he shouldn't be in there. But again, it's a popularity contest. In my opinion, the way that they should do it is, is there should be four 
let's just say like four to six like real accolades that could that could put on a player's like career, right? So I think there should be first team all Eastern Conference. I think there should be first team all Western Conference. I think there should be first team all league and second team all league. And then there you have like four tiers there where it's like you look up a player in 20 years and it's like, damn, that guy was three time all Eastern Conference and two time all second team in the NHL, like all league. Like that's like, you know, because I think the like like when you look at a player and it's like he he had 12 all star appearances. Okay, well, he played for Boston and they get four guys a year anyway to get in. Like, I don't care about all star games anymore. So there should be more so like really serious, like. Uh, like, like team accolades, like or like player accolades, where they get put on like an all NHL or all conference, or you know what I mean. Well, I mean, w- what you're saying is in profound. I mean, it should. I can't believe now that you're saying it. I'm like, wait a second. Football does that. Basketball does it. Why the hell doesn't the NHL? That's such an easy thing to do. Yeah, I I agree. I don't. And that that's another thing. I feel like there needs to be like a clear like I don't know like the. Like for for when it comes to Hall of Fame, right? Like, I mean, we know which guys should get in the Hall of Fame that are that are shoe ins, but there's always fringe guys that when you look back at their career, you're like, how in the world is this guy not in the uh, in the Hall of Fame? And like, maybe a system like this could could really, yeah, you know, maybe, I guess minimize those um, uncertainties. But yeah, I I the All Star Game is it's it's great that it's in South Florida. I wish the Panthers were having a better year, although the fan base has been selling out the arena. I mean, the fans have not been the problem. Um, and it, they've been a fortress at home. So, again, Panthers have a ton of home games left in the, in the, in the season. Yeah. You know, they, if they can rattle off a, you know, four wins in a row here or there, I mean, they're going to be right there. So, this I, – I genuinely believe, like, Western Conference, not as much. I mean, maybe because the Avs are, like, on the outside looking in or they're right there in the wild card. I forget. I don't have the standings, standings in front of me, but – the Eastern Conference will be an amazing finish. Don't care who you're a fan of; it will be an amazing finish for the for the seventh and eighth seed. Well, I mean, let's get into that because let's play this game. I'm calling it of these four teams. We're gonna have five questions with four teams in each in each uh, question, and each of us are gonna choose the team that completes it to us. So, of these four teams, who has the best chance to make the playoffs? These are teams outside looking in. I'll give you two from the East, two from the West. Florida Panthers, Buffalo Sabres, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators. And uh, I'll give you these standings as well to, to help out with that. The Panthers, you know where they are. But for the audience, 50 games played, 52 points. You have the Penguins who have 47 games, 56 points. They're the first wild card. Capitals have 50 games, 56 points. So Penguins, three less games with the same amount of points as a team with three games more. So the Penguins are kind of in there right now, kind of, you know, in a tight race, they have some leg on people. Um, And then the Sabres have one more point than the Panthers with three less games uh, than them. And then the Islanders as well, a point less than the Panthers with a game less. So that's the way it looks in the East. And then in the West, uh, you have Minnesota. They're a point out with two games less than Calgary. Uh, And then what is the other team that I said? Oh, Nashville, who has 52 points with 47 games. So they have three less points than Calgary uh, with one game less. So so are we predicting who's going to get in? Yeah. Of these four, who has the best chance to make it? Florida, Buffalo, Minnesota, Nashville. 
I would say 100% Florida just because of the roster. Um, and, and I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but like Duclair's, no. Duclair's going to be back by the end of um, the All-Star break. So I think that he's going to be a full-time player when they're back. He's going to be healthy. He's been skating with the team for two, three weeks. I think that they've just been holding on to him coming back in because they've because they've won six out of the last ten games uh, and gotten points in, in two other ones. So, um, yeah, I, I Duclair comes back. And, and again, I – there is a huge difference in, in professional sports, especially in the NHL and the NBA. And and I would take it even a step further, especially in the NHL, when you have a home game, like a home like a home game streak, right? Like when that random part of the schedule pops up and your team after the Canada trip or at the out west in California trip and you have like four or five straight games at home, those are huge for in the NHL. Like those are games that teams seem to capitalize on. It's different to sleep in your own bed. It's different to drive to the rink in your car. It's different to be with, around your family. Life life is happier. You're not all, constantly on the road. Panthers yep. just on the road for 19 out of 22 days. Like that's insane. And the rest, of, the vast majority of their schedule is at home for the rest of the year. The Panthers play a completely different style of hockey when they're at home. The fans, the, the arena is very loud. It's a nice arena. I, I fully expect the Panthers to rip off some some decent win streaks and then get in. Although I think it won't be the Capitals that gets in. I think the Penguins will get in because they have a few games in hand as at the time right now. And I think the Panthers are going to get in at the eighth seed and have to probably okay. play Boston. So that is my that is my but but that's out in the East. If we're talking about the West, I mean, if we're talking about the Wild or the Predators, I would say the Wild. I, I like their roster. I, I think that there's a little bit more wow factor when it comes to scoring. Regular season's more so about scoring. Um, and then it is, you know, like physical, you know, I mean, you want to play physical hockey every night, but you know how it is. Regular season's way more run and gun than it is in the playoffs. Playoffs oh, are short. And I think that the wild play a little bit more of an open game. They score more. And, um, yeah, I, I, I like the, the wild have a track record of their franchise to at least get into the playoffs. If you look at the last 20 years, they've been in, more than they haven't been. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'll go with, if we're talking about the West out of wild predators, I'll go with the wild. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, Minnesota's good. That they're, they're, you know, scoring's always been an issue for me. Flurry's been up and down. Um, I'll actually go the other way. Uh, well, first of all, the Panthers would be my choice as well. Buffalo, unless they make a big trade, they always do this. There, there's always time. We talked about it earlier in the season where I bought in. Then then there was a dip right after I bought in. I said, I think this time they, maybe they could do it. Tage Thompson's a great player. I don't think that their goaltending is sustainable. Um, and the fact that Florida's gone through this much adversity and they're this much in the race uh, with Duclair coming back too, like you said, they're going to get in. But uh, if we're going to play two out of the four, I get Nashville would be mine. And, and they have so many disappointments this season on the offensive side. I know I just criticized that with Minnesota, but um, Nashville has Soros and he's finally catching fire. And that's enough for me. If, if they can just be a really good defensive team, Soros can shut down other teams. Uh, maybe they're in good shape. So of these, uh, so here's the next one of these four teams, who has the best chance to miss the playoffs? Capitals. Penguins, Flames, Oilers. Um, for me, it would be, man, you know, I think our other choices kind of eluded what we're going to say here. 
I think for me, it would be the Washington Capitals. Um, John Carlson's been out for a good amount of time. They have won without him. They're staying in the race. But before the season, I said, I, I think this is the season where they dip. Ovechkin is still who he is, and he's carrying them through. And, I mean, CJ, we had a podcast about this two years ago where we were like, Pittsburgh, Boston, and Washington. They are, you know, it's only a matter of time before all three of them crash and burn and be out of the playoffs forever. And they just keep getting in. They're, they stay there. So it's hard to say it, but uh, I think they slip out. And uh, I'm only going to pick one here because I actually think Calgary and Edmonton stay in. I don't think Minnesota or Nashville hop in a wild card. If anything, they go in their division. Yeah, no, we definitely did say um, that these teams would would fall off. And to be fair, there were a lot of people that were saying um, that – they weren't uh, buying into the the Bruins this year. They, there was going to be a down year. There were some injuries that they were dealing with, and you know that obviously went out the door. Although, I, having watched the Penguins last night, I do find that there are a lot of holes in their game um, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, the I can't even remember last time the Panthers scored six goals in a game. Uh, like because last year was obviously you know we were scoring scoring five to seven goals a night, and this year we're playing up where Maurice is trying to the team to play a more hard-nosed responsible defensive style of hockey and that is not you know that hasn't necessarily translated the way that i think that he wanted to but he he also has made comments to the media that when talking to bill zito like you know this we're, we're kind of going into the year shorthanded on cap and you know these are the players that i can get you um regardless pittsburgh i would agree you said pittsburgh would get out I said Washington. Washington, Washington. Okay, yeah. No, that's what I was saying earlier. I think Washington gets out. I think that they squandered a little bit of a chance uh, midway through the season in the last two weeks. They had a little bit of a, of a hold on wild card one, and they've slipped some games, and obviously that's not good. And the Penguins have the games in hand. And Crosby, I think, is he's going to will that team into the playoffs. Um, Malkin looked pretty decent last night. And Latang, of course, had like a three-point game last night. He's pretty good, so. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say capitals are probably going to fall out of that mix. They're an older team. They're also slower. Um, and I'm just feeling like coming up here, I, I don't really know the Washington capital schedule, but I feel like one of these road trips are going to come up where they're playing like three in a row, four in a row on the road. And yeah, they drop a few and, you know, they're gonna play us. We haven't played the caps at all. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, like, I'm pretty sure they have a pretty difficult schedule, like, the rest of the year. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. This one's a fun one. Of the four teams that made the conference finals last year, that's Colorado. Of course, they're the defending Stanley Cup champion, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the New York Rangers, and the Edmonton Oilers. Who has the best chance to get back to the cup final of those four? It doesn't mean you're going to say they are going back to the final. I'm just saying, of those four that made it to the conference finals, who has the best chance of those four to make it back? <laughs> say that one more time. So, of the four teams that made the conference finals last year, that's Colorado defending cup champs, Tampa Bay juggernaut every single season in the playoffs, New York Rangers, and the Edmonton Oilers. Who has the best chance of those four to go back? to the Stanley Cup Finals this year? 
I don't I don't want to say anybody from the East. I find the East to be extremely perilous. It's it's the the East is is way harder than the West, and they've made comments about that on NHL Network and on ESPN. I mean, somebody was like, you know, you can get away with losing a few in the West and keep your spot in the East. You lose you lose two in a row, three in a row, you're 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 slipping down the standings easy. So yeah. I I don't it's I don't I'm not gonna say the Lightning. I don't. Every single year I say that they they end up like getting the you know it's so annoying, but. I'm going to go ahead and say the Oilers. Um, wow. West is run and gun. It is way different hockey than it is in the East. Um, wow. And that alone, I, I think that the Oilers have a little, have better goaltending this year. Um, I mean, McDavid is McDavid. I mean, it's like betting on LeBron. I mean, it, like, you know, you can't go wrong betting, like, you know, betting on LeBron on any given night in the NBA. I mean, it's LeBron. So, or, or really like Giannis or something like that. Right. So I would go with the Oilers and if the Panthers didn't make it to the, to the playoffs, I would actually root for the Oilers. Um, I like McDavid. He seems like a really cool dude. And I would love nothing more than for the Leafs to get bounced round one and the Oilers like go on to, to win it all. Like Toronto yeah. would be in flames. I, I can't stand the Maple Leafs and their fans. So yeah. I would say the Oilers. I, I'll go with the Oilers. That's I, that shocked me when I when I wrote this. I was like, I I bet you'll say Edmonton's the least. Uh, but you yeah. know what? And I'm not saying I disagree, but Stuart Skinner is an all star. That's also because there's really terrible goalie depth in the Pacific division. I mean, it's Markstrom's having a bad year, Demko, all those guys. There's not many good goalies out in the Pacific right now. Um, but I mean, when you're talking about them, like if there's a year for them to do it, first of all, last year they got to the conference finals, obviously, but I mean, they could do it this year. Colorado doesn't seem like they're the team of destiny right now. They, they got their cup, but like I said, could they be playing a Tampa right now where, they're like, okay, as long as we get in, we'll be fully healthy by then with some trade deadline guys, and we'll be fine. I don't know. Um, so, but if I had to pick a four, one of the four, I would say, I, <laughs> I, I don't think Tampa does it because it'd be four straight years. We've, we haven't seen that, or at least I haven't uh, while watching hockey. I mean, we've seen dynasties, multiple of them. They don't go four straight years to the cup finals. Um, man, I think Colorado, because of what I just said, they're going to get in and they're going to make a trade. They're going to beef up the bottom six, or they're going to get a top six forward that bumps someone down to the top, to, to the bottom six. Uh, Cause that's their one big deficiency right now. I mean, they don't have scoring in the bottom six right now. Um, but I would say them because they're the defending cup champs. You know, if you're going to forget about them, I think they'll be that team. So next one out of these four teams, who is the most overrated? Cause I was looking at the standings and I'm like, there's some teams that we didn't see being good going in. Uh, Winnipeg, New Jersey, Seattle, Los Angeles. I, I can't say Los Angeles because they were, a goal away from going to round two last year and bouncing the Oilers. They took them to game seven in a, in a really good series. Um, I would have to go ahead and say the Kraken. Um, I, 
I think they're having a good year, and and I and look, I hope that they make it. It's good for hockey. Uh, new 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 teams in the dance. I mean, you don't want to see the same teams every year. Um, and you know, it'd be nice for them to, to you know that fan base to develop their own um, hockey rivalries. And a lot of those stem from playoffs. I mean, Panthers fans hate the Devils. Panthers fans hate the Islanders because prior to these past couple years, those were the teams that we had faced in the last ten years in the playoffs. So. Um, yeah, I would say the Kraken though, because like I feel like in the the NHL is becoming more and more like the NBA in a sense. Like, and and hear me out. The reason why I say that is is star power. Like, if you don't have a guy that can go and genuinely like win you the game, or or have a slew of guys that can just that have flair to them that like they can randomly deke out of a out of a out of a check, and then you know next thing you know it's an odd man rush, things like that. I mean, I don't know if they have the I don't know if they have the personnel to, God forbid, that, you know, if they go on a win streak and then they have to play av- the abs in round one. I mean, the abs are going to be a heavy favorite to win that round, right? Because of star power, right? They've got guys that can go and win the game. I mean, I think the Kings, they, they have some star power to them. I, I think they, they have a few guys that are good. They have guys that rough it up. And Jonathan Quick, you never know what, with, with Quick. So... I will go with the Kraken. I don't know about you. And the other thing that I'll say is a little bit of dark horse in the overrated race. The Leafs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dude, I like. I don't know what it is about the Leafs, but they never, like, they just look like a team that can't handle a seven-game series. And, like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the, they're the Dallas Cowboys. They literally are, man. Like, it's it's unbelievable when the going gets tough in games. And, and it's funny because the Panthers' style of hockey has never just been like, hit, 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 finish your hits, finish your hits, get under their skin. And the second we play Toronto, that is literally the style of play. And I see that often, man. Like, when the when the Winnipeg Jets played the, the Leafs in Toronto the other day, they just hit them. They just, they just yeah. like, I watched a snippet of the game. I'm like, jeez, the Leafs are just complaining. They're screaming on the bench. I'm like... Go out there and do it back to them, man. Like I don't. I'm sorry, but anyway, Kraken would be my my overrated. No, it's true. I mean, they're another team, much like Toronto to me. Their bottom six is just not there. Uh, they the top six clearly. I mean, they are one of the best teams in the NHL and have been for years. But when the going gets tough, what do you do? The Rangers made this adjustment going into last year. They've kind of deviated from it in a sense, although. Other players within their lineup have replaced, you know, the Ryan Reeves presence, if you will. Mm. Um, but Toronto doesn't have physical presences in their bottom six where you go, if I do something to a Leaf, this guy's coming after me. What, what is 40-year-old Mark Giordano going to come after you? You know, I mean, that no, you're not scared of someone uh, on the Leaf. So that's a problem in the, in the postseason. Ryan Reeves was offered to be traded. He got traded to the Wild. Now, Rangers probably would never have traded him within the within the conference, but I mean, you know, somebody of that ilk, they don't have them. Totally, totally. And, I mean, they've tried, though, in the past. I mean, they've had Wayne Simmons on the team. I, right. I don't think he, Wayne isn't on the team anymore, right? No, he got waived. Yeah, so, I mean, they've tried, and they just haven't had a guy that, like, that, that they can insert. Because they play a very a very beautiful style of hockey, to be honest. It's very fast. It's, the passes are crisp, and they, you know, all their goals are, like, top shelf and, you know, they, they, they play like the sexy form of hockey when in reality, when you get to the playoffs, it's not going to be sexy. Like the Panthers, that's what they ran into last year. They, the Lightning knew they wanted to play this like this, you know, run and gun, you know, 
too cute form of hockey and boom see ya and they did the lightning did it back to the, the lightning yeah. did it back to back i mean they, they did it to the leafs and they did it to the panthers and like you're totally right they just haven't been able to find a guy that you know makes other teams scared on the ice and but the guy that it can keep up with play and this is what it is yeah i, I mean if i did it you know back to picking it i mean seattle i would have to agree in in a general sense i think that um no goalie I, like I don't like Martin Jones in net uh, with a 900 or floating around a 900 save percentage. Got to get better there. Um, you yeah. know, yeah. they just that, that's going to kill them too. Um, okay, out of the current number one teams in each division, which one has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup? Not just go to the finals, win it. The Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Dallas Stars, the Vegas Golden Knights. Who can win it? Yeah. Oof, not the stars. I'm not. I'm. I'm. There's something about the stars that I can't. I just can't pick the stars. Um, <laughs> Mason Marchment. I love Mason. Mason Marchment. I will go. So you said. Sorry, you said Vegas. You said Dallas. You said who else? Uh, Carolina, Boston. Four current divisions. Oh, the four current. Yeah. So I would say Boston. Like, I don't. Right. I don't know if there's a team that's that can actually beat the Bruins. So, like, yeah. I would love. I want the Panthers to get in because we don't have a first round draft pick, and plus, I love playoff hockey. But we we would get five. We, it would probably be four to one series, maximum six games, and we have a pretty. We have a very talented roster. There's the Bruins are just an absolute wagon, and I would say Boston by far and away. I think that this is going to be another cup year for them. Well, that, that's what I wanted to get to with all this. When I was charting this out, I was like, I want to get to the conclusion where no matter what we talked about for however long this segment lasts, we just come to the conclusion. The Boston Bruins are insane right now. Like, there's just no stopping what they're doing. Linus Allmark stops everything. Taylor Hall's having a revival of the season. They bring back Krejci to join the dance. Uh, Chara's probably upset he retired. I mean, but... Uh, Hampus Lindholm trade turned out to be great. Charlie McAvoy came back way sooner than they thought, and he's been amazing. Um, I, you just can't say enough. Head coaching has just been there. Um, and what did what did I say about them too? And what what has always been a thing for me with the Bruins over all these years we've done these pods now, they are always you know looked at in the playoffs like oh you don't want to play the Bruins you don't want to play the Bruins but they have won Stanley Cup. And if if this group needs something, if these players need something, they need another cup to add to their legacies and say, okay, this Bruins le- dynasty, well, it was 20 years or 15 years of making the playoffs almost every single season with Stanley Cup, you know, 10 years apart. And it shows their dominance over a long period of time. If they don't get that next cup, they almost fade away into history. No, I agree that this, this, this is almost, yeah, totally like, like legacy wise and, and, and end of an era wise, you need this cup. I mean, what are they, they would only have one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, look at, look like in the last 15 years, right. Or actually let's just say the last 20, let's just call it the last 20. The Blackhawks had a dynasty. They won three. The Lightning have had a dynasty. They've won two and they've been to three straight Stanley cup finals. Um, that's automatically better than the Bruins. Yep. 
Um, and I'm not even ready to sit here and say that the Lightning are a dynasty, right? Like they, I feel like dynasties are like three cups, right? But two cups is crazy, so let's just call them a dynasty, right? Yeah. Then you got the Kings and Blackhawks, yeah, and Penguins. Kings won what was it? Three or two? So they were two, I think. They were two, and then the Blackhawks won three, right? So those are all groups that did better than the Bruins. So I totally agree with you. I, I mean, they will literally be forgotten, not forgotten about, because they're they're legends in Boston. I'm sure Marchand and Bergeron, they'll can, they're going to get their statues out front. Like that's going to happen. Okay. Tara will probably get a statue too. I mean, these guys are their legacy type players. I mean, Pasternak, I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he, he's got way more ones, but he, like, I totally, totally agree. I think for Marchand and Bergeron and this group, it's Stanley Cup robust, especially at the pace that they're at this year. There's no one close to them. Like, there's no one close to them. It's insane. Uh, and, and again, the Penguins, too. They won their three. They've won three over their entire Crosby, Malkin, Latang, 17, 18 years, three Stanley Cup. That's crazy. Totally. I mean, so, uh, yeah, uh, it, it needs to happen. It can, and, and it's going to happen to Ovechkin, too. You're going to remember Alex Ovechkin. You're going to say him as a player, him, you know, getting that Stanley Cup as an individual, thank God he got it. But he's going to, his team, you're never going to remember him, his dynasties as a capital. Um, and the same thing as Henrik Lundqvist. He never won a cup. Henrik Lundqvist just didn't win a cup. So the only legacy Lundqvist has is himself. He is, you know, I mean, obviously within Ranger lore, he's the best goalie in the history of the franchise and we all idolize him and everything like that. Same for Luongo. Right. And, but he just didn't win. So uh, yeah, but that, that was uh, yeah, that, that's all we could really say about hockey. So um, let, let's just get into football uh, because this, this is going to be one hell of a championship weekend. And I got to say, um, you know, we've had our little side comments about ESPN in the past. I've got to admit, first take has been very entertaining this week uh, with Stephen A. Smith starting on Monday, uh, just laughing at Michael Urban and just clowning him on, on national television uh, over the Cowboys losing. As a Giants fan, after we got throttled, my one wish was can the Cowboys just lose in the most embarrassing way possible and I just want, I just, we need to start off with this. We talked about the Leafs. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Because the Dallas Cowboys just did what they did this weekend. And, uh, you know, listen, they're always good in the regular season or, or most of the time. They'll make the playoffs. They always have something to clamor on to in the regular season. This season it was the number one total offense and the elite defensive talent that they had, you know, in terms of players. And they go into Tampa. They beat them. Tampa was a bad team. Nobody wanted to really say Tampa's not a good team. Uh, it, Dallas proved that because they're not that great of a team. Uh, it turns out to be as well. Listen, the Niners are a good team. Not, they have a great defense, obviously. Second overall, I believe, in the NFL. But they lost to Brock Purdy. And, and Dak Prescott, at this point in his career, seven years in, has to win football games like that. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm just echoing everything I've heard all week from everyone. And that's why we're talking about football second. But sometimes the facts are just the facts. And Dak Prescott, I mean, we have these debates all the time, CJ, in our chats. Oh, two is better than Dak or this guy's better. Trevor's better than Dak or Daniel Jones is better than Dak or no, Dak's not. 
Dak has to be better than them because he makes more money or Dak's been around longer. Or, you know, Dak has the number one offense in the NFL or blah, blah, blah. And, and Dak is such a hard QB to figure out. What is he at this point, seven years in, one playoff victory? What are we doing here? I just don't I just don't think he's a big game quarterback. I think that's all there is to it. I mean, I think when you have Dak Prescott in your franchise, you're gonna make the playoffs. Okay. He he's good enough in the regular season. He has a great supporting cast around him too in Dallas. They have a good roster. Jerry Jones has done a good job of piecing together a roster. Now, I know that there's been a lot of suspect coaching, right, in Dallas. Jason Garrett wasn't really the man there. Mike McCarthy comes on board. They're still not over the hump. Kellen Moore, is there questions about who's running the offense? I don't know. But the underlying factor is is that Dak has been there through these guys that I'm all talking about. And there is no progression into the playoffs, okay? And um, and just an NFC championship berth. And you have way too strong of a roster. The O-line is good. You have a backfield that a lot of GMs in the, in the NFL would probably love to have. Maybe not at the contracts, but Zeke Pollard is great. You have a clear-cut top 10 wide receiver in the NFL and CeeDee Lamb. And you have, uh, you have up-and-coming tight end Dalton Schultz, and you can't figure it out. And the defense is great, too. I mean, you have a premier corner in Diggs. Uh, who's a ball hawk and you have good linebackers and your, your, your edge play and your, your run, your run defense is good. Like your run stopping game. So I find the underlying factor to be is Dak and the interceptions that were made and the decisions that were made by Dak. It looked like he just shrunk. Like he, like his mind doesn't let him overcome in the moment. And it's sad because I actually like Dak. I hate the Cowboys, but I like (laughs) Dak But this is the problem with these types of quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I mean, let's, I mean, the list goes on. I I mean, I don't even know. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Um, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, Andy Dalton in his days in Cincinnati, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like it is really hard to move on from these guys because they're getting you to the playoffs. And then when it, once you get to the playoffs at any given Sunday, I mean, look at the Dolphins. They go to Buffalo, they score 31 and almost beat them, beat the Bills with, you know, a, bat, a, a third-string quarterback any given Sunday. But that's the problem with these quarterbacks. It's almost at some point where it's like, I wish I just didn't even have them. I was like, I wish I was able to just go to the draft and get a new guy, but you can't because you gave this guy a contract. He was getting you to the playoffs, but now – the talent gap between him and the best quarterback every year continues to grow. And the talent gap between him and the second best quarterback continues to grow every year. Last year it was Josh Allen. Okay, Dak's definitely not Josh Allen. This year it's Joe Burrow. He's for sure not Joe Burrow. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, what do I have in Dak? Okay, well, yeah, I mean, we'll go 11 wins, 12 wins. I mean, we'll have a good season. We're never going to be the one seed. The Eagles are better than us in our division. Yep. Is Jalen Hurts better than Dak Prescott? Yeah. So it's like, what do I have in this guy? I know I'm going to make the playoffs with him, but I don't think I'm going to win the Super Bowl. So what do I do? Because Jerry Jones is old. He doesn't want to tank. He 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 doesn't want to sit around and tank. He wants one more Super Bowl, and then that dude wants to pass on. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> like, they are in a really crappy position, and I do not envy the I don't envy the Cowboys front office and Jerry Jones. I don't because they're in a tough spot, and no one wants Dak Prescott. No one's going to trade for him. Oh God, no. absolutely no. no one. Unless you're sending Dak to Indianapolis. And Indy's sending you the first, but you're also sending probably 
multiple first rounders to get Dax Prescott's contract off your hand, plus a, a premier player on on Dallas's. I can't think. Right. Of- and does the number one pick even get you the the Super Bowl that you want? Probably not. So nope. no, yeah. So it it's a predicament. It's great to see on my hand. You know. It, the Giants have a very interesting offseason ahead of them. I mean, almost every important player that they have is an impending free agent. So they have an offseason, to say the least. Joe Shane, his first one where, you know, he can really kind of really take control. Um, but, yeah, holy crap. Uh, that, it's just crazy in the NFL right now. But let's go into these uh, into these predictions for the NFC and AFC championship games, starting with – the NFC Championship game first, San Francisco at Philadelphia. And, you know, this game's so tough for me because I think that if San Francisco had a really good quarterback, that they'd be able to go in and win a game like this. They have so many Hall of Famers on their roster right now or potential, like, really big players. I mean, left tackle, Fred Warner, Bosa is, you know, tracking that way if he continues like this in his career. Um, they've got a few corners like that. George Kittle's a Hall of Famer. Like, they're, they're, they should win a Super Bowl with this group. They have not. Um, they, I mean, when you think about how long. Yeah, it's, the quarterback situation has been really crappy. And that's what I'm saying, if they have one. But, like, if you look at their history, this is three consecutive seasons. You go Super Bowl, two consecutive NFC, NFC championships, and they're always undervalued or everything like that. Brock Purdy, I get it. He's 8-0. But I told you uh, the 49ers were going to run the table, and they did, and they still are. Um, I, I said that even when Jimmy G went down. I was like, you look at their schedule, they should, with their defense and with Christian McCaffrey, win out, and they did. Now, I, I get football is never should win out. It's always football, but I said they should. Um, but Philly is, is something else. I, I think that – People may be overvaluing how much they beat the Giants and how badly they did. The Giants were the worst playoff team in the playoffs. They were lucky to win a game. They beat a really bad pass defense. Daniel Jones played his best two games of his career against a bad pass defense. Daniel Jones is terrible in prime time. Daniel Jones has no wide receivers. Daniel Jones doesn't have a great offensive line. So there was nothing at all. The game was on the road. He's not that great on the road. The Giants historically in the playoffs are great on the road because they never win the division. Um, but that was that was everything going in. They don't have a tight end. Um, so th- there was nothing going for the Giants. The Eagles have everything going into the season. Of course they were going to demolish the Giants. I said it all week. But I still think they win this game because it's Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. I think that's the one difference in this game. Jalen Hurts is unbelievable. And and as well, I said San Francisco has a good defense. Of course, I have to credit Philadelphia as well. They're better um, uh, statistically this season than San Francisco. So you have the two best defenses in the National Football League facing each other. Home field advantage for Philadelphia. They need this. They put everything into it. A.J. Brown, big contract, everything like that. Who do you think is winning this game? All right. So I am – all right. Let's let's see here. So when I look at the Eagles schedule, all right, this was a ridiculously easy schedule. And I go through and I see that they lost to the Cowboys. Okay. I mean they had they did have Gardner Minshew, but regardless, that defense gave up 34 points. 
They had a tough time in a few games, uh, especially against the Bears, especially against the Packers. I find when I watch the the Eagles that they're very they're not I don't want to say very beatable, but they are one hundred percent beatable. Here is why I'm going to be picking the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, wow. They are the best defense that the Eagles will play all year. Yeah. In every game that Brock Purdy plays, Kyle Shanahan is seeing more and more out of how he's going to draw up a game plan or how he's going to scheme so that Brock Purdy can be as successful as possible. Brock Purdy played an extremely good Cowboys defense. That Cowboys defense is good. It is very, very talented. They've got a lot of game changers on the on the defense. Name, you know, let's just say household names if you're an NFL fan, okay? And I didn't think Brock Purdy did bad. He doesn't turn the ball over. And now here is where I find that the 49ers are going to figure this out. I haven't seen a defense like the 49ers in a long time. They have the best linebacking unit in the in the NFL, by far and away. Like, nobody comes close. Greenlaw, Warner, and then Aziz Alshire, who's from FAU, he's going to be in line for a big contract uh, for, for in free agency when free agency hits. And, Sorry, uh, can we pause it for a second? Him and Hendrickson coming from FAU and getting big deals and playing in Super Bowls is insane. Yeah, that's, it's, that's great for us. It's, yeah, it's very big for the school. Hopefully, they the school markets them and, and maybe does something nice for them. Like yeah, Greg Joseph too this year. Huge moments. Yep. Exactly. So I will I will say and then and then so then you have the linebackers to worry about and then Nick Bosa is coming off the edge. I mean, like this team is so insanely stacked on both sides of the ball. And yes, they're they're for sure lacking in the quarterback room. And you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, like there are way too many weapons, and I honestly feel like the Eagles, the 49ers are going to go in as the underdogs. They're going to feel like they're underdogs, and the Eagles are going to play their best opponent of the year. And I think that the 49ers are going to are going to eat this one out. I think it will be a it's going to be an amazing game. Both games this weekend are going to be fantastic. But I'm going with the Niners. I have to go with the Niners. All right, another instance. I am surprised you said that. All right. Let's move on to the AFC Championship. Bengals, excuse me, and Chiefs. Very rarely do you, excuse me again, my goodness. Very rarely do you see a, a AFC Championship game at an even line. This is a pick em game in an AFC Championship. That shows you two things. Number one, Patrick Mahomes' ankle is a problem. Number two, there is mass belief in Joe Burrow and mass confidence that he is that dude and that he can do what everyone thinks he can do. If Mahomes was fully healthy going in, if they say he's fully healthy going in, and it's not just BS, and we don't see him limping on the field, if if he hits that field first drive and there's no limping in that foot, I think, and I love Joe Burrow, Mahomes has to win one. He's lost to him three times. If he's not limping, he wins that game. If if you can noticeably tell, I know it's a little bit of a wussy way to pick the game because it's not until you actually watch it that I'm actually going to make up my mind. But, like, is that not fair? Mahomes has to win a fucking game against Joe Burrow. It's been three times and uh, once at home. So, it, you know, he's got to do it. Excuse me, it's been twice, and this would be the third time. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs because I said the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl prior to the playoffs starting. That was my pick. I've actually been pretty much Chiefs going to win the Super Bowl for like that vast majority of the year, but that's not like some crazy pick. It's the freaking Chiefs. It's a pretty obvious pick, actually. So I do agree, though. I, I agree with what you're saying. Like if Mahomes is, is limping around there, then there is definitely cause for concern. Um. I just think that the Bengals having to go to Arrowhead again and figure it out. And, dude, like you said, Mahomes has to win one of these games against Joe Burrow. Like, come on. Like, the Bengals are so good. I find that the Chiefs are going to actually go into this game as underdogs, and you don't want to give that chip on the shoulder to Mahomes. And I will go. And that whole line has to be torn apart at some point. Buffalo doesn't yeah. have the personnel right now. You got Frank Clark coming at those boys this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say Chiefs on that game. I'm just going to ride it, and, you know, it is what it is. But Joe Burrow, man, he is the grim reaper of the NFL. He is the assassin of the NFL. <laughs> that guy, dude, he is <laughs> – he just doesn't look phased at all in any game. And he just, he, he had, he takes a pleasure in just ending people's seasons and he takes a pleasure ending really good quarterback seasons. So I'm going to go, it's going to be a chiefs Niners rematch in the super bowl. Um, as I say that I'm also taking the two underdogs on the, on the, uh, it from Vegas. And that never happens. Um, one of the favorites will probably end up winning. Uh, and if I was going to lean one way or the other, I would say that I would I'm going to stay firm on the 49ers winning. If there's going to be a favorite to win, I think it's the it's the Bengals. But I'm sticking with the 49ers or sticking with the Chiefs. So there you go. Wow. All right. Well, this was a uh, this is another good pod NHL trade deadline coming up soon uh, in like a month ish. So we'll have that to break down. Uh, you know, Timo Meyer, Patrick Kane, two big names I've heard. That could be traded, both rumored to go to my Rangers. And, uh, you know, just to finish off here, uh, just because uh, it's the final few minutes of the pod, and uh, if you're a fan of any of these teams, you can get a little bit of our stuff. So talked about the Panthers in the beginning. Um, I didn't, I'll didn't. i talk a little bit, a bit about the Rangers and then ask you about the Dolphins get, to get us to talk about our teams here. So for the Rangers, I just wanted to tell people, tonight they have called up Will Cooley, one of our top prospects, to come up and start against the Maple Leafs tonight. This is in the middle of a very tough stretch for the Rangers. The Rangers have the second most difficult schedule in the NHL uh, until the end of the regular season. So start of it is tonight. They're on the road TNT game uh, against the Maple Leafs. So by the time you're all listening to this, it will be over. Um, But Will Cooley, he was called up, I think, for multiple reasons. Number one, he's the leading goal scorer in the AHL for us right now, 13 goals. And he's a top prospect. He's been a top two, three prospect in the system for two years. Really good. Really good WHL score, um, which WHL guys don't always pan out. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. But he's big, six foot four. He's fast. He's a power forward type. uh, And that's what the Rangers need right now. And, And he's also a lefty shot, which is what the Rangers need right now. And I think the second reason is because, and it's kind of both, you know, it's tied in two players, Vitaly Kravtsov and Alexi Lafreniere. Kraftsoff being scratched for Cooley tonight, uh, which I hate. Uh, they're playing Jake LeCision, who has, I think, one career NHL goal in the lineup ahead of him. It's either LeCision or, or some ridiculous 
you know, fourth line guy that is not part of the future that some reason playing over craps off tonight. It's one of those things where the coach is sitting down the youngster and then Lafreniere is a total bust. Um, so I think Cooley, if he plays well, Lafreniere is going to be in one of these trades for a Patty Kane, for a Timo Meyer if the Rangers decide to go in that direction because he's been god-awful. He's got six goals. Yeah, I, I, I was texting you about it the other day. I find it to be like wild how much of a bust Lafreniere has kind of turned out to be. I saw him play last night, and it was like he was skating around like he was just a role player. Thank and, you. Or not last night, sorry. When the Panthers played the Rangers yeah. on Monday, yeah. I'm like, what in the world, man? Like, this is a guy that was supposed to be clear-cut, be a legit player, and and be a, a consistent top six player in the, in the NHL. Actually, really a first-liner. And that's just the – dude, that's just the problem, man. I, I, I can't stand it anymore. The more and more we get into the social media era, the more and more we're going to overhype these, pro, these prospects. The NHL is different, man. Like, it's just different. It yeah. started with – was Jack Hughes drafted after or before Lafreniere? After. After. It all started with Jack Hughes for me, Okay. It was lose for Hughes, blah, 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 all this crap. I mean, he's panned out now, but it's taken him like three or four years to really figure it out in the NHL, right? Because the NHL is different. You see these guys skating circles around college players or or, or, or juniors players or whatever the whatever the terminology is, and yeah, that's fantastic and all. But when you get to the NHL and you got, let's say, a guy like um, Ryan Reeves skating around or you got a guy like Tom Wilson or you got or you got like just heavy hitting defensemen like Radko Gudis or, you know, the list goes on. The, the game changes. The ice gets smaller. You're not just zipping around everywhere. And yep. like, ah, dude, I, I'm not saying like Lafreniere was a clear cut number one pick. Like that's well, who you I, have. To I, I'm telling you, like looking back, it's like, how? Because he has no speed. His shot stinks. He does. I mean, he barely gets good passes off. He is bad in the corners. He doesn't work hard. Like, I think what it was is exactly what you were alluding to with the bigger ice sheet out there. Like, he was a young hotshot who had a lot of space to do a lot of dipsy doodling, and it worked out. And he was a young 17, 18-year-old, not a lot of press out there. And he, his name got Jack Hughes. When the Rangers needed a center, they didn't get one. And it's just like, you got to get the center. When, when there's a winger and a center – and they're one and two, you get the center. It's just, and, and especially because they were comparing Lafreniere to Sidney Crosby at the time. Like the, And Sidney Crosby's a center. Jack Hughes is way closer. I mean, Jack Hughes is not Sidney Crosby at all, but he is way closer to Sidney Crosby than Lafreniere will ever be. So I hope the Rangers get some value out of that. Uh, and to round it up, and, and uh, as well with the Rangers, Keandre Miller, tremendous season. He is phenomenal, emerging as one of the best young defensemen in the NHL, so big. And one of the stats, that's one of these new advanced stats for the NHL, he's one, I believe, the best defenseman in the NHL at getting his stick on pucks. That's because he's six foot seven and his wingspan is so freaking far that he can just tap any, any puck from as far away as he can. Uh, so that's been useful for us. And offensively, he's been re- he makes these wild plays uh, every once in a while that you're like, ooh, ah. Uh, it's really fun to watch. Adam Fox, tremendous season again. All-star Artemi Panarin with the assists. Can't score a lot of goals, uh, granted, but the assist numbers once again are through the roof for him. And uh, Zibanejad, I actually would have put 
and, and again, Panarin's assist numbers are through the roof, but Zibanejad would have been my all-star pick ahead of him. I think you take Mika off the team, it crumbles. I think you take Panarin off the team, it would also probably crumble, I guess, but it wouldn't be as bad. I don't know. You're losing your number one center as opposed to a winger when you still have Chris Kreider. So I don't know. Um, that's how I think there. Um, but yeah, um, let's let's move to your Miami Dolphins here. Five minutes here. Let, let's let's talk about them uh, because it's so complicated. And I think the QB situation with Lamar, Rogers, Brady, Carr, blah blah blah, all of them bouncing around this offseason, most likely draft picks, yada yada yada. And the Dolphins have publicly said two is our guy. They won a lot of their games when he was playing. They went down when he didn't. Clearly, that means that he was the better option, but they only lost to three by three to Buffalo uh, with a third-string quarterback on the road. And listen, I mean, Miami, they're not a bad team. They have Bradley Chubb, who they didn't even have for a full season. So the Dolphins are going to be in it again next year. What, what, what do you want from them? Well, I would say... Well, are, are you talking about in regards to quarterback? Uh, anything, just okay. organizationally, what's the outlook for you? The outlook here is we don't have a first-round pick. I think Stephen Ross is trying really hard to get one of those first rounds back from that the league took away because of the allegations on the yacht. It's not going to happen. Um, whether or not he's trying to, I believe he's probably trying to, but he's definitely not going to. Um, I think that the number one thing for the Miami Dolphins is in the second round, you need to draft a running back. Whoever the best running back is on the board, you need to get a young guy back there. Uh, and then from there, it's really just filling in the needs. So you're going to need to draft another O-lineman, and you need to add depth to the linebacker room and the defensive back room. Uh, that's kind of like it for me. I think their roster is pretty much set outside of that. I think Gasicki's going to move on. Then that cap hit goes. Um, Brandon or Byron, yeah, Byron Jones, he's he's done. Uh, with the with the Dolphins, that should free up some cap. I mean, maybe he's done. I'm sure he is done, though. Um, and then they'll have a little bit more room, wiggle room to maybe assign some players. My So my number one thing in the draft, I guess, is draft a running back in the second round. Just get a running back. And my number one thing in free agency is go get Aziz Alshair. He's the, he would solve so many issues in the linebacking room, and it would be awesome. It would be a homecoming for him. Uh, there's already been Dolphins uh, like players and ins- or not players, uh, fans and insiders that have been put throwing Aziz's name out there as on their wish list of free agents, which is pretty cool because went to undergrad with him and uh, FAU. So, um, yeah, that would be it. It's really just get a running back in the draft, add to the linebacker room first thing first in free agency, and you know you need to hope that your offensive line can gel because you don't have the money to spend big on it. Yeah, no, that that's that's the thing, and it's like. It sounds like that's not a lot to do, and it's because there's really not a lot to do with this team. They're really good. I think they have a lot of good personnel. I think they have a really good head coach. I think they have a really good quarterback. They have really good wide receivers, and you just highlighted the two areas where they could they could alter their team, and we'll see. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for this podcast here today. Um, like I said, Strictly Baseball, I'm working on these for a long time. Rank them series we have the top 10 catchers already out with rory tedimer and i and top 10 first baseman i am recording tonight and it will release yeah probably both of these are releasing on friday so if you check your app it will be on there as well so uh thank you guys for listening thank you cj for coming on and you can listen to this podcast on every podcast platform follow us on twitter at strictly sports p i'm verified now but you know the fake way uh and and we'll see you next time nice sounds good